Well, it's great to be sharing with our church once again. Um, I, I think you folk have got the raw end of the deal here because you can see me, but I can't see you. And, and you know, that that's just sad. I, I kind of like looking at you and seeing who's actually asleep and who's slumbering and who's texting on their phone while I'm preaching, that sort of thing. And I, I can't do that today. Um, but that's okay. It's good to be here. As we look at these songs from the Bible, people may be surprised that I've chosen Isaiah, but actually that is often referred to as the song of Isaiah or sometimes the psalm of Isaiah. So we're still sticking with the summer songs theme. Now, let me ask you a personal question. Do you ever feel spiritually flat? I do. I I have times when I, I still believe, but it's, I don't know how to put this, it's as if something has gone stale. The excitement is missing. The the joy is missing. The the peace is missing. It, it's still up there in my head, but it's gone flat. Some years ago, I was feeling very much like that, and God pointed me to Isaiah chapter 12. And I discovered an amazing, very, very simple process that, as it were, gets the wheels turning again. And I nicknamed it God's Perpetual Motion Triangle. Now you physical physicists and all the rest of it, yes, I know perpetual motion is a difficult topic, and I'm not suggesting anything along those lines, but what I'm saying is this is a way that God gets us moving. It's a triangle And as we follow through this triangle, I believe it'll really help you. I speak from personal experience. It has helped me. And this whole triangle begins with the word praise. In verse 1, it begins by telling us to praise God. Let's, Let's look at it again. It says, in that day, I will praise you, Lord. And verse 4 says, give praise to the Lord. So the first step in setting in motion this triangle um, is to deliberately, consciously start praising God. Thanks, Richard. We can take the graphic down. That's lovely. Thank you. Now, that's great in theory. But let's be honest, if I'm going through a spiritually flat time, the problem is I don't feel like praising God. And and I chatted to God about this. And I said, okay, I see it. But I don't feel like it. I'm going to be honest. I found actually it's best to be honest with God. No no point in pretending he knows anyway. And as I was praying, thinking, meditating on these words all these years back, 
and saying, God, the problem is I don't feel like it. It was as if God said to me, nobody asked you to feel like it. The Bible says that as Christians, we live by faith, not by feelings. Okay, Lord, I get that. Now, why should I praise you? What's the, why? What's the point behind it all? Well, let's have a look back to Isaiah chapter 12. He says, I'll praise you, Lord, although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. It goes on, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord himself is my strength and my defense and he has become my salvation. Well, if you can say those words and mean them, there's a good reason to praise God. He was angry with you. He has turned that anger away and he has become your salvation. But that's not all. Not only does he deserve our praise, he actually commanded us to praise him. I could spend the next day going through verses which tell us this, but I'm just going to give you a couple. In verse 1 of Psalm 117, it says, Oh, praise the Lord, all you nations, praise him, all you people. Now, I'm going to paraphrase that slightly, and this will never appear in a printed Bible because it's probably not a good enough Hebrew translation, but I I think it's good enough. Oh, praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people who go to Creech St. Michael Baptist Church. Praise him, all you people who are watching this broadcast now. God says, I'm telling you, praise me. Then in Psalm 150, that fantastic psalm, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of trumpet, praise him with the psaltery and harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and organs, praise him on the loud cymbals, praise him on the high-sounding cymbals. Now, The last verse makes it clear he's talking to you and to me. Listen to it. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Let everything that has breath. That includes me, because I'm breathing right now, and it includes you. God says, praise the Lord. Oh, right, but that's all Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, in Mark chapter 12, one of the teachers of the law came to Jesus 
And he said to him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And this was Jesus' answer. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Yeah, okay, okay, I get the theory, I get it, I get it, but life's difficult. I've I got problems, I've got things going wrong, I've got difficulties in my life. This, this corona thing has caused havoc, there have been financial problems, there's been health problems, my holiday's been ruined, or whatever. Life is difficult, how can I praise God in this situation? Well... We're back to, firstly, where we started. We're back to faith again. As a Christian, I need to believe that God actually knows what he's doing. I need to believe that God actually loves me. And I need to believe, Romans 8.28 says, in everything he is working for the good of those who love him. I may not see the good in the situation, but I can trust God who does. Now, let me digress just for a, a moment. People have asked me if praise and worship are the same thing. Actually, no. Christian praise can be defined as the expression of gratitude and respect towards God, especially in a song. Now, that, that's not my definition. That's a definition I've pulled up from one of the theology books. But it's a, it's a good definition. There are actually three Hebrew words that the Bible translates as praise. There's yada, which means praise, give thanks, confess. There's amar, which means sing praise. And there's halal, from which we get the word hallelujah, which means praise, honor, commend. So praise is giving thanks to God for what he has done, which is what Isaiah said. I will praise the Lord. He was angry with me. His anger has turned away. Praise comes from recognizing the good acts of God. Worship is not dependent on the acts of God. Worship comes from the core of who we are worshiping. It comes from recognizing who God is, and true Christian worship requires us to surrender ourselves totally to him, to love him and adore him, not just for what he's done, but because of who he is. But may I suggest, in the words of that old, old song, they go together like a horse and carriage. You see, in a practical way, if we recognize who God is, we will worship him, and we'll give thanks for all he's done. And if we go the other way around, we'll praise God for the amazing things he has done, and that will help us to recognize who he is and to worship him. And God wants us to cultivate a life of worship, because he knows that if we don't worship him, the way the human being is created will worship something else. And the Bible is clear. We cannot worship two masters.
In fact, Isaiah 43, 7 says we are created in order to worship and praise God. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, we are created for the glory of God. Let's glorify him. So the triangle begins with praise. And as we praise God, we find our confidence in God growing. We find our love for God increasing. We find that we want to move on to step two. So praise is at the top. But then as you go down the triangle, you come to prayer. Praise leads to prayer. Time is short. I've only got an hour and a half left, so, so relax. I will fit it in by two o'clock. Briefly touching on a couple of points of prayer, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. The first thing that we need to do when we pray is we need to come and put things right between ourselves and God. David says, if I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord will not listen. True prayer always includes coming to God and saying, I'm sorry, God, I've blown it, and confessing and receiving his forgiveness. Next, true prayer recognizes that we are talking to the almighty God. And therefore, we need to come willing to submit our personal desires to his will. He wants to give us what's best. But I know I often put so many obstacles in the way by telling him how to do his job. If I'm going to pray and expect God to do something, I need a genuine desire to know and to do his will. Not just empty words. So often in prayer we say, thy will be done. But those words are not enough. We need an attitude that recognizes who God is. And that, again, comes out of our time of praise. Then we need to pray with thanksgiving. Prayer isn't just coming to the spiritual supermarket with a shopping list of things we want from God. Yes, we do need to ask God for things. But we need to say thank you for what he's done. And then, as I said, we need to ask. James said, you do not have because you do not ask. Jesus to ask and it will be given to you. I'm speeding up because of time. I would say another important aspect of prayer that's going to move mountains is that we need to pray specifically. I get very frustrated by general Prayers, prayers that are so broad and so general that nobody to have a clue if God answered it or not. God bless the whole world. Oh, and everybody else. We need to be specific when we come to God. God, these are the needs I'm bringing to you. These are my requests. These are things that are on my heart. And, and bring them to God in a clear way. People are afraid to do that because they have it. Then I'll know if he didn't answer. Yeah, but you'll also know if he did. And you need to pray expecting him to answer. 
Matthew 21 says, if you believe, you will receive what you ask for in your prayers. And James 1.6 says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed about by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. We could spend ages looking into what that actually means, but I think you get the basic meaning of it. We pray, trust in God. We start with praising, recognizing him, looking at what he's done, and then as we come to him, we can trust and believe. And we pray perseveringly. We stick at it. If you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed the same prayer, virtually the same prayer, three times. Oh, I've prayed about it. That's it. God's heard the prayer. No. As long as it's something that's still on your heart and God hasn't given you peace about it and God hasn't shown you something about it and God hasn't said to you, no, I don't want that, you keep bringing it to God. And you say to him, God, if this is not of you, show me. Think how long Abraham and Sarah had to wait for the son that they prayed for, even though God had promised him. We come back to our triangle. We started with praising God. And we found that that gives us the confidence to pray. When we pray, God answers prayer. He does. And that leads us to point number three, which, because I'm a Baptist, I had to start with the letter P. And so I've called it to proclaim. Praise leads to prayer, which leads to proclamation. When God does things in your life, when God answers prayer, when God moves in your life, you have a responsibility to tell people about God. To tell people what God has done. To share with them your blessing. I can't pray. I can't do it. Hmm. Okay. I don't agree with you, but let, 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 let me just ask you a simple question. Have you ever chatted to somebody, and I'm not talking spiritually, I've just chatted to somebody, and said to them, let me tell you what happened to me the other day. Can I tell you what, what happened? And it may be something about your children, your family, your job, anything at all. Let me tell you what happened to me the other day. I don't believe I've ever said that to anybody and received the response, no, nah, I couldn't be bothered, I don't want to hear what happened to you. They say, oh, yeah, what happened? Now, that is what we are doing. We are telling people what happened to us. Yeah. You can't, but Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will be in you, and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But as Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Make known what he has done. Proclaim it. Go read John chapter 9. And you'll read about a person there who was healed by Jesus. 
and the religious authorities gave him a hard time. And they asked him all sorts of deep theological questions, and the man said, Oi! I, I don't have the answers to those questions. What I know is I was blind, now I can see. You can't argue with that. Let me tell you what God has done. Now, if you have followed through on the triangle, you started with prayer, sorry, you started with praise, that gave you the confidence to pray. In praying, you saw God working. That gave you something to talk about. And when you start talking to people, you'll see God starting to work in their lives. And you know what? That gives you something to praise God for again. You can praise him because you can see how he has worked. So we're back at praise. And that's why I call it the perpetual motion triangle. Praise leads to prayer, which leads to proclamation, which leads back to praise. Now I can pray for the people who God has enabled me to share with or whatever. And I can see God working and then I can go and talk about that. And I can see what happens there and then I can praise God again. And it starts that motor that has stalled and it gets you moving forward from spiritually flat to worshipping, praising, trusting, praying and sharing the good news of Christ. It's not magical. Except maybe it is a bit magical because you see, it's God's formula. And it works. I said at the beginning that I've had times when I feel flat. I don't actually want to admit how often I've had that because it's too many times. But whenever I've applied this formula to it and start off saying no matter how I feel, God, I'm going to praise you. I found it kicks it all a go. Praise. Pray. Proclaim, praise again, pray again, proclaim again, and God will get the glory. Father, thank you that you love us even when we're feeling spiritually flat. Thank you that you love us even when we don't feel like praying, even when we don't feel like praising, even when we feel burdened by the pressures of life. Thank you that you love us and that you want to receive us, and you have given us a way to come into your presence by praising you for what you have done. Even if the only thing I can think of at the time, Lord, is you were angry with me, but your anger has turned away. <laughs> I said, even if that's the only thing I can think of, but surely, Lord, that's the greatest miracle of all. Help us to praise you. Help us to worship you. Help us to trust you, to pray to you, to see you move, and to share that with others. Can I tell you what happened to me? Amen.